Hi, I'm PJ Vogt. This is the Crypto Island mini-series. In this episode, we document what, in retrospect, was the first domino to fall in the crypto crash of 2022. Although at the time, we didn't know it yet. That's after these ads. Search Engine is brought to you by ChiliPad. Are you tired of sleeping hotter than hell? We are too. The ChiliPad bed cooling system is your new bedtime solution. It lets you customize your sleeping environments to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. ChiliPad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees, allowing your body to rest and recover. I do not sleep well ever, mainly because of temperature stuff. Like, I feel like my whole life is just spent with one foot out of a duvet cover and one foot in. So I find <laughs> this new technology very exciting. If you'd like to check it out, visit www.sleep.me search to get your chili pad and save up to $315 with code search. This offer is available exclusively for search engine listeners and only for a limited time. Order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it free if you don't like it with their sleep trial. Visit www.sleep.me slash search because you're not just investing in better sleep, you're creating a better life. So today, I just want to tell you about what happened this week. The week that began Saturday, May 7th, 2022. It was a really bad week in crypto, an unprecedented bad one. Every channel I follow, every tribe I usually eavesdrop on, they were all talking about the same thing, this apocalyptic event. This is a special episode from us because we are witnessing something historic right now in crypto. We are witnessing the uh, largest event, I think, in crypto history. This is the, the collapse of an entire stablecoin. I just need to be clear that it's their music, not mine. Anyway, stablecoins in crypto are cryptocurrencies that are designed to hold their value. Often, one stablecoin is worth one US dollar. A lot of people who trade Bitcoin or ETH or anything, they store their money not in a checking account, but in stablecoins. And now, one of the biggest stablecoins, Terra US dollar, instead of being worth a dollar like it was supposed to, it was wavering. And another huge cryptocurrency was threatening to go down with it. It all looks nice and rosy at the beginning, and then suddenly, boom, it all comes crashing down. If TerraUSD actually crashed, the first thing that would happen is $18 billion would evaporate. That'd be the first thing. But everyone watching understood that this fire would quickly spread throughout crypto. The crypto markets are crashing and two of the world's largest cryptos, Luna and UST, face extinction from a multi-billion dollar bank run. That's billion with a B. As of recording, I still don't know if these coins are going to recover. And the big question on everyone's mind is, how did this happen? How did this happen? I asked that question to a lot of people this week. Everybody I spoke to honestly seemed pretty shell-shocked. But in these conversations, a story emerged. A story about the rise of a risky, confusing financial product that has destroyed tons of money, will certainly destroy tons more, and the story of the one man behind it all, a fight-loving, Twitter-addicted founder with a loyal army of supporters. To help me tell the story, I called Coindesk reporter Danny Nelson. It was late at night on Wednesday. Oh, Hello? Danny, you've got like a full mic. Hold on, wait, I've, I've set this up totally wrong. Danny had what I would describe as a 10 o'clock shadow. He looked a little worn out. He was talking to me from his bedroom. 
I might be picking up something in your background. Is there like a radio on? It is. It's off now. What What were you listening to? Ninety point one. Uh, is that WXPN? I think so. WHYY. It's WHYY. Wait, are you from Philly? I'm from Haverford. You're from Haverford? Okay, I'm from Wynwood. Yeah. Oh shit, Wynwood Lanes. Yeah, Wynwood Lanes. Yep, that's uh, that shithole's still right there. <laughs> Next week, we'll run our expose on the bowling shoes at Winwood Lanes, harrowing stuff. But this week, Danny told me about his front seat to the apocalypse. Over the last weekend, Saturday and Sunday, he'd been watching when the stablecoin Terra first began to slip its peg, when a dollar slowly stopped being worth a dollar. It dumped down a little bit to 98.985. You know, that's not that far below a dollar, but... If you are a stablecoin whose only purpose in life is to be worth a dollar and no more, no less, then that's a big fucking deal. Every time the Terra price went down a penny, it'd be like if all the money in your checking account notched down 1%. And if you were seeing that happen, you were watching it happen knowing it was never supposed to. That the whole promise had been that this would not be volatile. In that context, even a small deviation was pretty scary. These were not small deviations. On Monday, Terra dropped into the 80s, then the 60s. Tuesday morning, it popped back up. It was in the 90s. Danny was transfixed. Around maybe 5 o'clock on Tuesday, um, it started uh, deviating again, and it, and it started going down and down and down. And that is when my, my day turned into my night, turned into my day, as I watched this thing. It was like, it was like television. It was... I've never, you know, you look at a stablecoin price chart, you're not supposed to be fascinated. It's supposed to be a fucking straight line going across. You're supposed to have a dead patient on your hands. You don't want anything else. But what I was seeing happening was and it was like it was I I I tweeted it was it was like so the, the mob showed up and tied cement shoes and threw them into the schuylkill. Uh, you were just sinking. <laughs> These are some real Philadelphia references. Yeah. So this John was just out of here, man. Uh, so you're just going down in the water, and you don't know what's going on. But we, it just kept going, and I couldn't go to bed. It got down to 23 cents at its lows, maybe around 4 in the morning, 3 in the morning, uh, East Coast time. And it was just fascinating to me. As Danny watched Terra fail, he understood there would be huge repercussions for the entire crypto financial system, maybe even for the actual financial system. Some people on Twitter were already calling this crypto's Lehman Brothers moment. Crypto, the movement inspired by one financial crisis, had now created its own. And the story of that crisis was familiar. A fancy new financial instrument was invented with the promise it would make people more money in new ways. Critics pointed out the risks inherent in the technology, they were mostly ignored because people couldn't hear them over the sound of money falling from the sky. And then one day, the risks became real, the thing exploded, and people got hurt. The day Danny and I were talking, this Wednesday, $200 billion of wealth in the crypto market had been destroyed in 24 hours. The entire crypto world was now hanging in the balance, as the coin that was supposed to be worth a dollar was jittering about wildly. And so if things are getting shaky with it, that is going to be sending a signal. And indeed, that's what we saw on, I, again, days are weird. On but Tuesday, on Wednesday. Tuesday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Janet Yellen had to talk about, Janet Yellen, the, the Secretary of the Treasury for the United States of America, had to talk about UST at a Senate finance hearing. I actually watched the Senate hearing with Janet Yellen. Um, 
Well, the Financial Stability Oversight Council um, is analyzing right now in response to the president's executive order potential financial stability risks from digital assets writ large. I sometimes wonder if Treasury secretaries sound this boring because it's a way to calm everybody down. I will say, though, the part where Janet Yellen talks about Terra, it's a little unsettling to watch. It feels like when your parents stutter out the name of some new designer drug they had to Google because somebody told them that you're addicted to it now. I would note that there was a report just this morning um, in the Wall Street Journal that a stable coin known as Te Terra USD um, experienced a run and had declined in value. Things have gotten so out of hand so quickly that Janet Yellen is having to talk about a kind of crypto that, frankly, a lot of crypto people didn't even really know about a year ago. This unfamiliarity with Terra, or at least Terra's finer points, kept coming up in my conversations this week, even with Danny. So what were the, when people would criticize Terra, what was the kind of line of attack? Again, I'm coming from a very recent standpoint where yeah. everything, you know, things fall apart. But I will say I, this week, just so you know, as I've been like talking to different sources and talking to different reporters and just being like, hey, a very important thing just set on fire. What was it? One of the things that I find striking as a relative newcomer outsider is how much people are like, oh, I'm researching this too. Like this, there's just so much being built so fast, even though this was important. This particular building that fell down was not my lane of expertise. And so like, I'm just surprised at how much everyone is educating themselves on the part that failed after the part failed. Yeah, it's true because there's so much in crypto. Like we're talking right now about algorithmic stable coins. That is one little, little, little corner. Then you've got NFTs. You've got fractionalized NFTs. You've got lending NFTs. That's just NFTs. Then you've got Facebook, now Instagram NFTs. Over here, we've got DeFi. We've got lending. We've got staking. Um, over over there, you've got like blockchain analysis. You've got uh, you know node validation. This is so complicated. You got CBDs. He's back in the corner. Nobody talks to them because they're weirdos. Um, but uh, it's just there's so much happening that it's really difficult to, as a reporter, know everything all at once. Understanding crypto in its totality. Not possible. Because even right now, as I say these words, someone somewhere is inventing more complexity, painting a couple more staircases onto the Escher painting. But if that gives you comprehension to spare, don't fret. Because here is the saving grace of understanding crypto. When a mess is made, you can actually often find the person who made it. Sometimes their pseudonym, sometimes their actual real name. And in the case of Terra, it's super easy. Everything goes back to a man named Do Kwan. He's a constant presence on crypto Twitter. There's about a million videos of him on YouTube talking up his great idea. And so this week, I found myself poring over these artifacts, trying to understand this person as the conflagration he'd started burned through the world. What I found after the break. Surge Engine is brought to you by June's Journey. June's Journey is a mobile game you can download on your smartphone. Everybody loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey. 
step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. Where will each new chapter take you? June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I have never met an iPhone game that I don't like to play instead of thinking. Try June's Journey. You can download it for free on iOS or Android. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Search Engine is brought to you by Seed Probiotics. Small actions can have big benefits, like how taking care of your gut can support whole body health. Seed's DS1 Daily Symbiotic benefits your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. My relationship with my body is a bit of a nightmare. Probiotics can help with things that are important to me, like digestion and skin health. Your body is an ecosystem, and great health starts in the gut. Your gut is a central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut microbiome means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and more. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when used consistently, like other routine health habits. Seed subscription service easily builds DS1 into your routine, with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DS1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash search and use code 25SEARCH to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DS1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash search. Code 25SEARCH. Welcome back to the show. The earliest video of Doquan I could find online, it's actually pretty recent, April 2018. This is also not my music. The video opens with scenes from a crypto event in Seoul. Doe's being interviewed. The guy interviewing him, I think, is from a crypto group in Taiwan called Mr. Block. He's making Doe awkwardly hold up a sign that says Mr. Block. It kind of makes Doe look like he's being interviewed while picking up someone from the airport. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're back at Hash Event in Korea, and we have Doe Kwon, the co-founder and core engineer at Terra. How are you, Doe Kwon? It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about what is Terra? Yeah, Terra is a price-stable cryptocurrency that is uh, slated to be the next generation payment method in e-commerce co companies in Asia. Doe is a young, handsome guy in a black zip-up sweater. Just three years out of Stanford, not yet a billionaire, gamely pitching his coin. So right now we have about $15 billion of GMV from our early partners, and we're expanding that to about... Um, well, much more than that, hopefully, within the next few months. What would you say is the core problem that Terra is trying to solve? Yeah, so we have a lot of decentralized crypto assets, but the problem here is that none of them are actually being used for real transactions. So for you, as somebody who covers crypto, like when did you first become aware of Doquan as a person? Well, so the first time I really remember him very concretely in my mind was at uh, the Masari Mainnet conference last year. I'm sure I had heard of him before that point because he is, uh, you know, sort of the Vitalik Buterin of, of his chain, right? He is this figurehead. He is this, uh, this doer, this mover, this shaker for the Terra ecosystem. Uh, but I don't normally cover the Terra ecosystem. So the first time I really thought about him was 
at this conference when the rumor was that the SEC had subpoenaed him coming up the escalator. And no one knew for sure. He went on someone's podcast, I think, and denied it outright. And only later when he sued the SEC for serving him on an escalator, did it become clear that he, in fact, was, you know, approached (laughs) by regulators there. But that was the moment that he emerged in my mind. The SEC sued Do Kwon for a different crypto product he'd invented, not Terra, actually. Do Kwon responded in what was becoming his trademark fashion by counterpunching with a lawsuit of his own, he said the SEC had improperly served him his subpoena. Just to be clear, pretty unusual for anyone to countersue the SEC. Within the space of three years, Doquan had gone from humbly pitching his token on YouTube to presenting at conferences in New York while brawling with regulators. But he was still kind of a fringe figure. When the SEC served him last September, the news stories in the crypto press still had to explain who Doquan even was and what it was he'd invented. Terra, Doquan's big invention, it's actually just a new take on something other people in crypto have tried before. It tends to fail. The algorithmic stablecoin. The idea of an algorithmic stablecoin is to solve this real problem presented by normal stablecoins. So normal stablecoins are backed by collateral, like actual US dollars. The dollars are held in an exchange, which opens up crypto users to all sorts of problems. Users need to trust that regulators won't seize those dollars. Users have to trust that the exchange that's holding the dollars as collateral is actually holding dollars. Sometimes those exchanges lie. Traditional collateral to crypto people smells like something they hate. Centralization. And Do Kwan was telling people his algorithmic stablecoin solved for that. Terra would be backed not by tangible real-world assets, but by another cryptocurrency that Do Kwan had invented, Luna. Here's Do Kwan this year in a more recent video. Now he's being interviewed by Coindesk. So what do you say to those who, who uh, argue that algorithmic stablecoins are actually the most unstable type of uh, stablecoin there is and that they shouldn't even be called stablecoins? You see Do Kwan sitting wearing a nice blue button-up shirt and a barely holstered smirk, waiting to answer. How do you allay those kind of fears? Can you allay those kind of fears? Um, <laughs> so I, I think that type of stereotype is a perfect recipe to get uh, wrecked. And what I like to say is that silence is a perfectly good option if stupid. Silence is a perfectly good option if stupid. By this point, it was becoming Doquan's catchphrase. His way of saying, if you're this stupid, you can always just shut up. This Doquan, now a crypto mogul, he doesn't sound like a pitch man anymore. He sounds like a defiant visionary, explaining a future that's already arrived. So it stands to reason that you need a censorship-resistant type of money that is unbiased, cannot be seized by regulators, cannot be manipulated with, cannot be tempered. And currently right now, the clear market leader for that is Terra USD, the only decentralized stablecoin in the market. Well, in all fairness, you can't seize assets that don't exist. So let's not, you know. But anyway, um, getting back to decentralization. um, That little interjection from the host, you can't seize assets that don't exist. I believe the heart of this whole catastrophe hides in that aside. There's no assets to seize from Doquan's company because there's fundamentally no real collateral behind his stablecoin. 
Instead, this thing that's supposed to be worth a dollar is supported by Luna, another cryptocurrency which also has no underlying value. This should not have worked at all. But crazy as it sounds, for a while, it did. Luna kept getting more and more valuable. Terra became more and more popular. People have issued lots of stablecoins. People have tried algorithmically back stablecoins. Why did Terra and Luna take off? Why did they become six months ago such a big deal in crypto? You know, it's been building for a while. One of the big reasons why Terra really has taken off is this idea of yield generation. Now, in you know my bank account with TD Bank, I get what like 0.01 percent, and a, a, you know a slap in the face. It's not I'm not getting any <laughs> yields on on the the dollars that I'm just leaving there. I'm getting destroyed by inflation. Whatever. That's how you know that's how the banking works uh, nowadays. Um, with Terra, you had this opportunity to take your dollars get it into Terra, and it's a complicated system, get it in, but just move your money into Terra. And then you could take those tokens and you could go to what's called Anchor, which was a protocol built in the Terra ecosystem that yielded 20% annual returns. Uh, now, it didn't promise it like a bank might, but it did you know, entice people with this idea of 20%. Now, 20%, that's a really good return. 20% return is insane. And yeah. like- I remember watching this before the crash and thinking like, oh, my understanding of this is that the way the stablecoin is functioning, you know, right now is it's almost like the crypto version of a checking account. You know, this is where you Mm -hmm. can keep your money. It won't go up and down, except unlike a real checking account, this checking account is giving you 20% of your money back over the course of the year, which means if that's how checking accounts worked, you would not put your money in the stock market anymore because you were getting way better returns from your checking account. Exactly. And I would say just uh, it, it is easy to think about it as a checking account, but it's important not to overthink of it as one because it doesn't have any of the protections that a checking account does. You don't have FDIC insurance with uh, with your um, Terra stable coins. In fact, you don't even have the assurance that your mass of tokens that have value that you think are worth, let's just say, $10,000, you don't have any assurance that those are worth $10,000 US dollars. You just have the full faith and credit of everyone else who also believes that it has that much value. And if that starts to shake, you might run into a problem, which, you know, when you're in the, the crypto economy, it's not too crazy to suspend uh, belief in certain ways. And I would say that algorithmic stablecoins are a really cool concept and there are a lot of different flavors of them, but they require their users to believe in the code. And if the code doesn't work, then they might get in trouble uh, because it's not backed by assets in the traditional sense. It's backed by belief. And so before this happened, I mean, did you think a lot of crypto involves belief, you know, faith? and All of it does. So did this seem especially, I don't know what the negative word for faith is, credulous to you? Like, did you look at this and think like, I believe in this, but I don't believe in that? Like Santa Claus, yes, tooth fairy, no? You know, I, I've played around in a lot of different markets. I never put my money into Terra. So for you, you looked at it and you were just like, the math of this doesn't make, the math of this is not sustainable. 
Um, I would I would not ascribe such astute observations to myself. <laughs> I, w- I wish I'd, I wish I, that'd be great, yeah, for sure. But um, I just kind of have this, you know, like we we talked about earlier on. The first time that Doquan really lodged himself in my memory was getting a subpoenaed on an escalator at a conference. Uh, I wasn't rushing to put my money into the box. Got it. Okay, so. I'll tell you when I first noticed Doquan, which was before, you know, I've, I've been paying attention to crypto seriously for six months, which actually coincides with his rise. And for me, it was like, I remember people talking vaguely like, oh, there's this, you know, blockchain from South Korea that's kind of becoming a thing. Um, the economics of it might be like more Ponzi than others. But the main thing I saw was that on crypto Twitter, Doquan was a very... I would say, uh, you know, somewhere, somewhere in the like Elon Musk, Donald Trump gradient. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of describing him. He's an audacious character that you don't really see with other key figures in chains. A very audacious character, which was a necessity. For Luna to work, it had to inspire confidence. And Doquan's audacious showmanship was a tool to goose that confidence. When Luna was ascendant, there was a long viral thread on crypto Twitter that noted that Luna was really stabilized by two elements, smart contracts and, quote, the gigantic gravity well created by the size of Doquan's nuts. This man was ready, seemingly at any time of day, to get onto Twitter and argue about the strength of his coin. His loyal followers, they're called lunatics, Luna, would be there to cheer him on. Doquan could be rude, he could be off-putting, when he was telling his critics that they were stupid, or his preferred term, retarded, when he was telling people to have fun staying poor. But there were also times when I found myself in awe of what was either a supremely confident person or a person who was by necessity putting on an international 24-7 show of confidence. Doquan named his daughter Luna. And then there was the day of the bet. That story after the break. Surge Engine is brought to you by Policy Genius. Life insurance is an important safety net for your family, but trying to find the right policy on your own can be time consuming and overwhelming. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help talk you through it. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Search Engine is brought to you by NetSuite. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash pj. netsuite.com slash pj. netsuite.com slash pj. Welcome back to the show. My favorite Doquan moment, the moment where I was like, okay, I will pay attention to this person, was in March. Um, there was, to my mind, just like a, a random crypto trader who sort of stepped to him on Twitter and was like, hey, I think by this time next year, Luna is not going to be particularly valuable. And I think they named a price and he was arguing with them. And somebody said, how about we settle this with a bet? And they made a million dollar bet on Twitter on the price of his thing. And then a bunch of other people jumped in and made side bets. So by the end of like a very interesting, I think, morning, he bet, I think, $11 million. And the way they settled it was they just decided that they trusted Kobe, uh, Crypto Cobain, and they just sent the money to his wallet. As it's escrow. the escrow, the Kobe escrow. Yeah, that was my favorite dough moment. Yeah, I, I I wasn't familiar with that moment at the time. I'm reading about it right now as you were describing it. You know, that is, it's a hilarious just moment in time. If you're Doquan, you have to stand up for what you believe in. And that can be that can veer into the ludicrous pretty quickly. But you know, what's a million dollars when you have a billion dollars? That bet took place in March, just a few months ago. As I write this, it's Friday morning. Terra USD is now worth about ten cents. Luna, which last week was worth eighty dollars a coin, is now worth point zero 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 seven cents. People in crypto are still piecing together what exactly made the two coins finally death spiral. The emerging consensus is that someone with a lot of money saw this giant vulnerability in Terra and realized they could make a healthy profit just by tipping it over. My favorite conspiracy theory about who was behind this is Citadel, the investment firm run by Ken Griffin. Have you heard he owns a copy of the U.S. Constitution? Anyway, Citadel denied this strenuously. But whoever did do it, if the attacker theory is right, they may have used an attack vector laid out in public on Twitter last fall. That's when one user explained exactly how Terra was vulnerable and described how an attack on it could work, provided the attacker had access to enough money. Doquan actually responded to that tweet thread to tell them they were wrong and to issue once again his favorite catchphrase. Silence is a perfectly acceptable option if stupid. This week, crypto internet is a grim place. Usually there's lots of manic bragging, jousting among different coin holders. Right now, it's just fear, anger, and sadness. There are unconfirmed reports of suicides in the Terra Luna subreddit, and a long list of suicide hotlines pinned to the top of the page. And so what do you think, what do you think happens now? Let's see, that's the $64,000 question. I don't know how this shakes out, but it's really tough to see um a community in the state that it is like there's so much fear in the discord 
for this community that they the moderators have elected to put one hour blocks between a, a post. So if I post, I have to wait an hour to post again, which makes it impossible to have a discussion with someone. I just have to post and it's probably going to be something like, you know, bombastically fearful. And then other people are going to post too. And there's no other way of doing it because of how much craziness is going on. But there's just so much fear. I was in that Discord um, tonight, just sort of because I've, I've been there before and it tends to be a place of unmitigated joyful lunacy. And I noticed the same thing that they had rate limited responses and it just felt uh, at the risk of being like maudlin or something. It felt eerie. It felt like being at a funeral where people were moving in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you, some, I saw some people say, I'm making my comment now. I'm not going to get to say anything for another hour, but here it is. And, you know, I don't know what that, like, that is a decision that they made because they didn't really have any options. What are you going to have a, a discord that's just blowing up with constant comments, but it's just one sign of uh, what happens when a lot of people are really scared because a thing that they believed, and that is that a dollar was worth a dollar, isn't true. And that proposition and the crumbling of that proposition means that they're going to lose a lot of money. And what do you think it means for crypto in general? I mean, you started, you, for you, the story of Doquan starts with him being served by the SEC and sort of not taking it particularly seriously, like going on stage anyway, telling people it didn't happen. Like it this week, Janet Yellen was talking about Tara, something that I'm sure someone probably had to explain to her relatively recently. Like, do you think this points to regulation? It already is. Um, in, in Europe, the European Commission has just moved forward with a bill to uh, ban large form stable coins. I don't know the specifics of it. And I don't know exactly if it is in response to Terra, I think it's been in the works for a while, but it's no coincidence that it is happening right now that this thing is getting pushed through. There is a feeling among regulators. I was just talking with uh, one with a, a local guy, a local regulator from Alabama earlier tonight that you know their people are getting hurt because they don't fully understand what's happening and because the the risks aren't being presented well. So I don't know where this shakes out, but I can't imagine that it doesn't cause a huge, you know, regulatory event. And therefore it's going to be a really important moment that shapes crypto going forward. And the story of crypto going forward, it's likely a story that will be told without the season's main character, Do Kwan, who departs the stage having lost his big bet. Not just the $11 million bet with his Twitter rival, the real big bet, the bet that his idea would work. His company is in flames. His legacy in this world that once celebrated him as a king, he's now hated. Yesterday, reports from Korean news said that his wife had asked for police protection after an investor showed up at his doorstep. Do Kwan's most recent tweet is from Tuesday, which now feels like a decade ago. He wrote, Tara's return to form will be a sight to behold. We're here to stay, and we're going to keep making noise. He hasn't tweeted since. That's it for this breaking news edition of Crypto Island this week. Crypto Island is edited by Shruti Pinamaneni, theme music by Christine Andrews. The show is mixed and sound designed by Stephen Jackson and Phil Demahovsky at Audio Nonvisual. This episode was fact-checked by Garrett Graham, who also helped out last week 
just couldn't add them to the credits since I'd recorded them in a bathroom. Crypto Island is an experiment. We are building this plane in the air. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to pjvote.com and sign up for my paid newsletter. It's five bucks a month. You'll get emails written for me with extra stuff from these episodes, weird things I find on the internet, and a direct line to my joy, excitement, and anxiety. You can also sign up for the newsletter for free if you want. It's fine. Thank you, as always, for listening. See you soon.